I feel like Pastor Allen's uh, intro was kind of ghetto, you know? Um, I have more uh, hobbies than McDonald's, and so we'll hang out. We'll spend time together uh, this weekend, and you'll find out more about me. But I look forward to spending the weekend uh, with you guys. I've been praying for this retreat. Again, I've known Alan uh, for about 15 years, and we first met. I, I was a guest preacher at a retreat. Uh, called Community Christian Alliance Church when I was an associate. Oh, I was a guest preacher. And Alan was a college student at the time playing in the worship band. And he had that cool hair that goes like this, you know? <laughs> he had that kind of hair. And uh, he used to be a part of this band. What was the name of the band? Reserve 16. And uh, so there's some facts y'all don't know about Pastor Alan that I got. I got the juicy stuff. So let's talk. Well, again, I'm glad to be here. And uh, again, very blessed. And uh, this evening, I want to draw your attention to two encounters that Jesus had during his ministry. And throughout the gospel narratives, Jesus, he had many encounters in which he, he healed various people. And the two that I want to take a look at with you is the leper who came to Jesus, asking Jesus to make him clean, and the bleeding woman of 12 years who touched the edge of the Lord's garment. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, to the Gospel of Luke and to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And we'll read two short accounts here. Beginning in Luke chapter 5, verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded for a proof to them. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 42 Luke chapter 8, verse 42, and we'll read in the middle of verse 42 there. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I, I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Join me as we lift up a prayer together. Father, we thank you for this retreat. And we pray for this weekend that you would do something that we cannot do in and of ourselves. That, Holy Spirit, you would come and bring transformation. That, Lord, you would grow and sanctify the saints here in this room. And we pray these things in your Son's name. Amen. You'll notice that in the two encounters that we just read, that Jesus was approached by individuals who were plagued by severe illness and disease. The first encounter in Luke 5 
was with a man who had a skin condition called leprosy. Now, in the Bible, all abnormal skin conditions, whether you had burned skin or scaly skin or uh, boils upon your skin, it, it was all considered leprous. Now, I don't have to prove to you or convince to you that we care very much about our skin. Just think about all the products that exist today to care for your skin. Lotion and moisturizers and tonics and creams. There's an entire industry on protecting your skin, and there's another industry on covering up your skin. I know that the fad today are these Korean facial masks, and I believe, as I've been told, that this is all the rage, and I know this because there's a person that I live with in my home, my wife, who likes to wear them, and at night, there'll be times when I walk into the room and I go into my bedroom, I turn on the light, and ah! I'm scared because of the frightening appearance of my wife. She looks like she came out of a horror movie. Obviously, I won't tell her that, but I'll think that. But I myself, I know very much how important it is about skin care. Several years ago, around the time of Halloween, my kids, they got this horrible thing called hand-foot-mouth disease. And it's pretty common, and I, I think you get it. I think you get it. This is what I believe. I think you get it when you take a number two and you don't wash your hands. I think that's why you get it. But my kids got it. But the horrible part was this. They gave it to me. I washed my hands, and they gave it to me. And I had red bumps all over my hands and my feet, all over my face. I, I had to... I was out from church for like three weeks and I looked like a monster and I was sad and I was depressed and it was Halloween and I couldn't even go out. And I was like, should I just go out as this monster? I was like, I don't know, but I had to stay home. And I was sad and I called the only person, the only other adult that I knew who got hand, foot, mouth disease and that was Pastor Alan Sy. <laughs> and I remember FaceTiming him and I was like, hey, Alan, when does this end, man? And I called him so that he could comfort me in my moments of weakness. But if you can imagine just how a leprous person felt. They felt shame and embarrassment. And this was a disease that was evident for everyone to see. The outer condition of the illness is what plagued this man. And what's more, a leper was forced to walk around in tattered clothes, and you know this, and they would cry out, unclean, unclean, so that all would avoid him, lest they catch the contagion themselves. They were infectious, and so they had to cover their mouths, and we know what that's like, and warn everyone in their path, get out of the way, right, during this time of COVID. Every time you cough, you're like, <coughs> and everyone's like, <gasps> and you're like, <coughs> you know? We know what that's like. But if you really think about it, when you think about this leper, those opportunities to be out in the public, they weren't frequent. Because a leper lived not within the community, but outside the community. A, a leper had to leave their home, their family, spouse, and children, work and pleasure. It was essentially a quarantine, a quarantine away from those whom he knew and he loved and he lived in isolation and in solitude. And so while some might have suffered of, uh, of being away for a short period of time as their condition got better, for others, this may not have been the case. And I want you to notice as you turn to Luke chapter 5, if you're not there already, Luke gives us a detail not found in any of the other gospel accounts. 
Because you see, Luke himself, he was a doctor. He was a physician, which meant he knew very well of the varying degrees of leprosy. And so he tells us in chapter 5, verse 12, that this wasn't just a man with a mild case of leprosy, but you see it there, but a man full of leprosy. It wasn't just a minor condition that got better and healed over time, but a condition that was incurable and severe. The, the leprous man we find here in Luke was condemned with a life sentence. He had no hope of being healed. There's a story in the Old Testament in 2 Kings 5 of an army commander by the name of Naaman who was plagued with leprosy, and it's said there that to heal him would be as to raise the dead. In other words, it was impossible. There was no dermatologist that could help him. Not even the priests of Israel could change his condition. They had no power to heal him, but rather only to bring a sentence upon him. And this man was, again, he was confined and he was quarantined away from the community, away from society, void of any human interaction. And again, we understand what that feels like to be socially away or quarantined from people. You know, I remember when the whole shutdown began, and it's amazing how it was two years ago, that I remember folks from my church that they said, this is going to be an introvert's dream. I don't have to see nobody. I can be home on my computer. And I remember months later, they would, they would text me, Pastor Danny, it's really lonely. I've never felt so alone. Imagine spending the entirety of your life, brothers and sisters, in solitude and isolation, banished from the people that you know and love. And then we ask the question, why? Why such a cruel existence? And it's because the law deemed him to be unclean. And as such, he had to be removed from the people of God and from the presence of God. Now, we understand why he had to be removed from the people because of the infectious and contagious nature of the disease. We all understand that. But why did the leper have to be removed from the very presence of God? God's not going to get sick. God's not going to get COVID. God's not going to contract the leprosy. So why can't the leper be in the presence of God? It's because he was being deemed unclean. He was considered to be a pollution to the holy place of God. Now, it doesn't mean that his leprosy was the result of some kind of sin, but cleanness was the measure that God placed upon his people in their everyday life to teach them about holiness, his holiness, his purity, his perfection. And so according to the law, this leper was unclean. Now turn to Luke chapter 8, and we find that the same thing is true for this woman. She too was unclean. The law was clear that bloody discharges rendered a woman this way, and for women, this discharge usually lasted about a week, possibly more. But I want you to notice again in Luke chapter 8 that this woman bled not just for a week or even two weeks, but that she bled for how long? Twelve years. This woman's body was not right. Something was internally not well 
She had a condition that was rare and it was chronic. The bleeding, it, it never stopped. And Luke, again, he gives us insight from a doctor's perspective. And he says in Luke chapter 8, verse 43, that she spent all her living on physicians, but to no avail. This woman could not be healed by anyone. Not even the best doctors knew what to do with her. And so imagine what it was like to be this woman and to be in this miserable condition, not knowing what was going, inside, going on inside of her, the anxiety, the concern over her health. This woman was an outcast, unable to live her life in any, in any kind of normalcy. And just like the leper, there was shame and there was embarrassment, particularly because she was a woman who walked around with the stain of blood upon her clothes. Now notice that detail that Luke gives us, that she has spent all her money. It tells us something about her that her bleeding had reduced her to become a beggar. She was a woman in deep poverty because of her condition. Her medical expenses had ruined her, using up all her resources, all her living, all her money, and trying to find any kind of help or any kind of cure. And I want you to notice this other sad and very painful detail in the story here in Luke 8. You see, it's one thing to be sick, and to have someone care for you. But it's an altogether different thing to be sick and to be alone. Because if you look in the gospel accounts, even if you look at chapter before in Luke 7, Jesus heals the centurion's servant. And then he raises a widow's son. And then in Luke 8, this encounter takes place in the middle of Jesus bringing Jairus' daughter back to life. In other words, all these sick individuals had another person, an advocate, coming to Jesus on their behalf. They had someone else petitioning for them, looking out for them. You know, when you guys get sick, what do you guys, who do you guys go to? You live at home with your parents? Y'all go to mom? Yeah. Yeah, these guys are like, yeah, I go to mom. <laughs> yeah, I go to my mom. Like, mom, can you rub my tummy? I don't know. So notice with this bleeding woman, no one came to Jesus saying, Lord, come quickly. My mother is ill. You need to come. My wife is bleeding. Jesus, please heal my sick friend. But notice, how do we find her? We find her by herself. You see, having this bleeding discharge for 12 years, she too lived in solitude, isolation, away from the people. It's because what plagued her most was that like the leper, she was unclean. And so we take these two encounters and we find a leper and we find a woman with an untreatable illness. And in the eyes of the law, they were doomed as they were unclean. They were unfit. They were unholy and unable to enter into the presence of God. Well, what happens to these two? Jesus heals them. The leper comes to Jesus, begging him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And he comes to Jesus, it says, chapter 5, verse 12, while Jesus was in one of the cities, and it could possibly be that this man broke the law. He disregarded his orders of, to self-quarantine. And he entered into the city gates because he knew there was only one person who could make him clean. He broke the confines of the law. 
because he needed to do anything he could do to get to Jesus. You know, I want you to notice, if you turn back to Luke chapter 5, that just prior to the story of the leper, Jesus had asked Peter, and they're fishing, and he told Peter, cast your net out again, right? And it says that the disciples were done for the day, and they're washing their nets, and Jesus said to Peter, we worked all night. You remember that story, right? And uh, and Peter's kind of annoyed, and he caught nothing. He's like, Jesus, I fish, man. You don't fish. I know this. And when a massive haul of fish was pulled in, Luke 5, chapter 8, tells that Peter, he fell on his knees, and he said, Jesus, depart from me, for I am unclean. He says, Jesus, I'm unclean. Get away from me. And notice for the leper, he says, Jesus, I'm unclean. But you need to come to me. It's as if the leper had better theology than Peter. He knew the very fact that he was unclean, but instead of depart from me, Jesus, he realized he needed Jesus more than anything. So he, he, he goes to Jesus and he begs him, please cleanse me. And notice for the woman in Luke 8, it was a very different approach. She's, she's weaving her way through the crowd, trying her best to follow Jesus, and she comes up behind him to just touch the fringe of his garment. And she came very quietly. She came very discreetly. But at the end, both the leper and the woman, they were healed. Jesus had mercy on them. Now, as we take a step back, what do we learn about these two stories? What are we to make of these healing encounters in the gospel stories? Was was Jesus simply a person who went around healing people? We can even take into account all the healings of Jesus and ask, why did the gospel writers, why did they write all of this down? What was it all for? Well, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And here in Matthew chapter 8, I I believe Matthew here summarizes all of, of the healing miracles of Jesus in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. It says, That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out spirits with a word, and he healed many, all who were sick. But notice what he says in the next verse. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Matthew quotes from Isaiah, and he quotes from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. Now, you don't have to turn there, but what does Isaiah chapter 53 teach us? It teaches us possibly more than any other place in Scripture about the cross. What took place at the cross? How the appearance of Jesus was marred beyond human recognition. How he was oppressed and afflicted. How he was like a lamb led to the slaughter. But Isaiah 53 not only teaches us what took place at the cross, but what the cross meant for sinners. Isaiah 53 teaches us the implications of the cross, the meaning of the cross. And this is what Matthew, he wants us to see. And so how does Matthew connect 
the healing ministry of Jesus with the cross. It's because he's telling us that the leper, the hemorrhaging woman, the blind beggar, the lame servant, the unclean, they all serve to be a mirror of the human condition. That spiritually men and women are filled with sickness and disease and it is untreatable and it is incurable. Beloved, this is the condition, this is the condition that human beings are in, that we are in, we are plagued with sin. And like the leper, it's not that we have a mild condition of sin, but we are full of it. It has invaded us through and through, to the extent that it is our very nature. But here is the most devastating effect of sin. It has polluted our lives before a holy God. And as such, it has spiritually distanced ourselves from Him. And if left untreated, we will spend an eternity away from the love of the living God, but rather under His burning and searching judgment. But notice again what Matthew says by quoting Isaiah 53. He says that He took our illnesses, and bore our diseases. Do you know what he's saying here? That Jesus went to the cross trading places with the sick. Trading places with sinners. And you see, this is the picture that the gospel writers want us to see. That Jesus took upon himself the very sickness of those whom he had healed. That Jesus, to make the unclean clean, became himself unclean. That he who knew no sin for our sake was made what? Sin. The principle here is that for something dirty to become clean, something must become dirty. And Jesus became dirty. Jesus was made sin. And bearing the illness and the disease of sin, Jesus went to the cross. And there he suffered and he died, receiving the very wrath of God for sin in the place, trading places with sinners. And which is why when we read Isaiah 53, it says, He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's Jesus substituting himself with sinners and that to atone for sin. And this is what Matthew wants to tell us. That he traded places. And brothers and sisters, this is our fundamental need. We need Jesus Christ to take our place. We have the disease of sin and money will not absolve it. And I know with this age group here, you're probably out of college working with your first job, you're making some good money. I'm a pastor, so I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> but money will not absolve it. Medicine will do us no good. Therapy won't treat it. You can do all the good works in the world. You can give to the poor. You can be an advocate for every humanitarian effort. It will not work. 
And like the bleeding woman, we are bankrupt of any, of any solution in and of ourselves. We must be healed. We must be made clean. We must be forgiven of our sins. We must be reconciled to God. And Jesus Christ is the only remedy to our condition. And here's what you need to know, that he's willing. Like the leper said himself, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He's willing. Ask him this evening. I look at a group this size and I bet my life that there's non-Christians here in this room. Ask him to make you clean and you'll do it. Repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ to receive his cleansing, to receive the forgiveness of sins. John 1.19 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You might have come here to this retreat. Is this what you need? As you hear this word, have you, have you come to the end of yourself finding no cure? Then come to Jesus. Now, if you're a Christian, let me give you an application. Here's your application. Come to Jesus. Because your need of Jesus, it, it never changes. It doesn't change. It's not like you become a Christian and then you don't need Jesus anymore. But you need to keep coming to Jesus. Our need for Him never ends. You must continue to depend upon Him for His grace. You must continue to come to Him. And I want to make this a little bit shorter tonight, but as we close, what happened? What happened to the bleeding woman? What I can't help notice is that when the bleeding woman who had exhausted all her resources, when she came up behind Jesus, she believed, she believed that she would be healed. If I could but touch his garment, my sickness will go away, is what she thought. And when she did, and when she touched the fringe of his garment, you remember what the story says? Remember the story? It says that the discharge of her blood immediately dried up. But here's the gospel. For this woman to be healed, Jesus had to trade places with her, didn't he? You see, the gospel is this, that for the blood of this woman to stop, the blood of another had to flow. And isn't that what happened on the cross? And we sing it, and I'm sure you sing it here at your church, that there on the cross was a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty sins. Beloved, that's the gospel. And we need to keep coming to Jesus. And may we do that here at this retreat. Let's pray together.